I like your setup, by the way, though. You're in the, it fits our, it fits our little thumb with the white background and everything. Uh, thank you so much. Um, it's called Haven't Hung Anything. Mm-hmm. I dig it. I'm into it. I feel you. Mm. I feel I'm you. I'm really good at finding walls. Exactly. That's the benefit. That's the benefit. Mm. You they always of- say that's a skill of mine. <laughs> When on resumes, I'm like, I just, you know, uh, good at finding walls. Uh, it reminds me of John Oliver's White Void on uh, that show that he does. That the name just escaped me. But anyway, that's not our show. This show, hello everyone. Last this, week, the, last tonight? week tonight is not what this show is. This show is oh. only stupid answers. I am today, DJ, right now. Today, right now, a uh, Friday of this is uh, of this recording. Monday after, if you're listening on the podcast. My name is DJ Wooldridge. This is a show we like to talk about movies, TV shows, comic books, and whatnots. And with me, as always, is the stupendous Roxy Stryer. Wow, I feel like I've upgraded since I saw you last. I am stupendous. Yeah. Ooh, what rhymes with stupendous? That's 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 the benefit of not being wrong. Your status increases the more distance you get. If anybody, Ooh. the further away you are from me, it, it, it positive things happen. I feel as if that is not the case. However, I want to agree with you because we haven't been together in so long. So I'll just say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we were just talking a little bit about uh, the catching up a little bit. For those at home, how are you? Good. How have you been? Did you check out uh, the episodes with Brian Tong and Dan from Toy Galaxy and, and Zaren Burnett from Black Cowboys? You should have. What are your plans for this weekend? What are you are you gonna watch Army of the Dead or maybe next week a quiet place? Well, guess what? We're talking about uh both today. Roxy was a trooper and stayed up and watched Army of Dead the Dead. I was not as dedicated. I did. I did. I did I did I attempted to cheat DJ, but then I could not. It was really late because I didn't start it till about one in the morning. So I was like, what if I just put this on 1.25 speed? Yeah. And then I tried that for a second and then it didn't work. You can always already imagine like glitchy zombies and then mm-hmm. like that. And then the, the words were so, and then there was some subtitle and I was just like, Oh, nope, nope. I tried back to the zero. Yeah. I have, a um, uh, somebody I used to work with, not going to name names, who was a very big proponent of being able to do double speed or 1.5 speed on everything. And I thought that person was a crazy person. I don't, I sure, I guess maybe have the option, but why would you do that to If you're going to, I'm a big believer. If you're going to watch a thing, you watch the thing. Obviously, I, I am a proponent of at one in the morning if you're trying to watch something work. I get it. But under normal circumstances, if you're going to watch the thing, watch the thing. It lasted about 30 seconds until I was like, I, why did I think I could do this? Well, and it's also a Zack Snyder movie, which means it's, what, almost three hours long, right? Yeah, it's two and a half. Mm. Uh, it's two and a half. But I will say that it didn't, for me, it didn't drag. So cool. the, the two and a half felt kind of like a two. Cool. But I don't know. For, I actually haven't heard anybody talking about this movie's length at all. So I wonder how it felt time-wise for other people. Well, I will report back once I get a chance to see it, probably sometime this weekend. But listen, this episode, we're not only talking about Army of the Dead. We are talking about that. We're talking about zombie movies in honor of Army of the Dead. We're also talking about A Quiet Place 2, which Roxy has also seen. And uh, so that's, that's that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about creature features, monster movies, that type of thing. But uh, as you know, if you listen to this podcast on Spotify, we ask you questions that you can answer. And of course, it's been a few episodes since we've done the OSA show on Fridays, which you can watch live Fridays, 10 a.m. PST at 
patreon.com slash only stupid answers um so uh there's been a few episodes we've done i decided to go with the question from our episode with dan from toy galaxy what was your favorite toy growing up um ray Raf- ray Raphael varez i hope i got that right it's all one word that's why i was struggling with it uh I was a comics kid and a wrestling kid, so I would do Royal Rumbles where Spider-Man and Wolverine would fight Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold. They were top-notch wrestling programs. Sounds like it. Stormy Woods says, For sentimental reasons, my Cabbage Patch Baby, it was the only gift from my grandmothers who both died when I was four. Sad. Uh, For fun, I loved my older brother's Nintendo. And finally, we got William Niles Wilson, who says, thanks for pulling this ancient memory from my brain, DJ. I had a Batman action figure growing up that I got at Target or something back in 2004 uh, that had fun gadgets. Love the heck out of that thing. That's uh, You and I are from different uh, generations. <laughs> if 2004 is a distant uh, past for you. Um, Roxy. That's like 17 years ago. I mean, it I is 17 years ago. Year that Friends went off the air. So oh. I don't know how far away it was foreshadowing um yeah i just uh the uh i was not a kid when it was 2004 i was yeah. i was younger than i am now mm-hmm. <laughs> by 17 yeah. years roxy before we i one of the reasons i pulled this question is i wanted to ask you do you have a, a toy that you remember growing up that was like a favorite of yours mm. i loved i don't know if these kind of toys i love beanie babies Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I love Polly Pockets. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There was a boy version called Mighty Max. And I think uh, either, no, it wasn't my sister. A friend of mine um, in grade school also had Polly Pockets. Yeah, I love Polly Pockets. And then I loved, what were the, what the hell were these things called? They were like these little, um, not, tr- not trolls. They were hard eggs. They were like these little egg characters. They were really big. What were they called? I don't remember. I'll think of it. Yeah, they think were, of it. They were great. Z- z- oh, shoot, I have to text my brother. I was obsessed with them. Apparently not enough to remember the name, mm-hmm. though. And then I I loved, I loved, my mom used to make so much fun of me because we would go to this place called Games and Gizmos. I love it. And I, love I loved, name. they had this old school, they had a pet rock that they would sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved the pet rocks because I would love to paint them. Mm-hmm. And... My mom would always be like, go outside and grab a rock. But these ones were like extra cool shaped and looking. And yeah. so I like to paint those. I was a, a simple child. <laughs> I like it. I, I dig it a lot. Uh, uh, going back to the Polly Pockets, I know like for those that don't know, um, and Roxy, correct me if I'm, I'm, I'm misrepresenting them. They were these little compacts. I think they were supposed to originally supposed to be specifically designed to look like makeup compacts. Uh, and you had the little tiny figures that, oh, the in Toy Story 4. Um, uh, Bo Peep has a little friend that's basically a, a Polly Pocket. Yeah, they were really cool, and they came. They did come. It kind of looked like makeup compacts, but as we grew up, I remember they would come in different shapes, like mm-hmm. um, like a sunshine or a yeah. rainbow or like a, a unicorn or something. And you would open it up, and it was almost like a little house for mm-hmm. Polly. But then also um, sometimes there would be like Polly Pocket, like a makeup kit. Yeah, uh, I love doing like the little makeup or any of the, I loved that stuff. Uh, I loved having dolls. I was very, very into braiding the doll's hair or like giving them a makeover on the permanent doll. And then I try to wipe it off, but I use permanent marker. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I love I loved toys growing up though, but just like bizarro ones. But the same toy, I liked Furbies a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Furbies were big. That with- was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> That was an annoying thing, but yeah, for Polly Pocket, there was a, and I say for boys, I mean it was, it was, this was more marketed toward boys. Literally, any anybody could play with either of them, but yeah, um, uh, it was Mighty Max. It was, I need you to know. Uh, it was, it was Mighty Max. It was the same set where it's this little thing, except the the container was always like a mo- the monster's head, like the main monster that you're supposed to battle on this little thing and max was the main character and there was always some sort of like wolfman or alien or something in this miniature place that they were dope they were before you had could afford game boys they were the what you brought with you to play around with yeah before yeah. you had candy crush on your phone i never did i never liked digital games I remember that even when they started coming out on your phone and stuff like still to this day the only thing i have on my phone is um solidaire and sudoku mm-hmm. i always loved uh I, I i did like growing up i did like snake yeah i did like snake and tetris was cool I, dj I, this is gonna kill me i don't know what these things were called you'll remember literally five minutes like into your next thing five minutes and you'll be like it was this did none of the people at home know i just texted my brother what were those little toys i love growing up they were like eggs shiny and tiny they were like these little God, it was right when Pokemon were huge. Okay, okay, okay. But they were not Pokemon. They were something else. They were something else entirely. What was? Yeah. Uh, uh, if you think of it, bring it up. But but yeah, I'm. A, I actually don't have any games on my phone either. Even though I do like gaming, I think as I think about it right now, I think this place is my part of personality that I like my things. My phone is for uh, phone things. Uh, and the camera video you know what i mean but like uh and i don't play computer games my computer game is my computer is for work um playstation and switch are for my gaming i like to keep my world separate please and thank you um and thank you kayla marie 033 is trying to help you out weren't they wobble something no that's weebles wobble but they don't fall down that is what those are I, I like Weebles Wobble, but they don't fall it's down. It's burned into our brains forever and ever and ever. If you didn't grow up with it, it's now it's in your brain forever and ever and ever. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, but I, I, I like you trying, though. <laughs> I, need, I need somebody to know. I uh, need you guys to know. And you remember, this was a big thing. There were the opaque ones, and then there were the one. Okay. Some of them you could see through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as cool. Some of them had that, like, shiny shiny covering and they were like metallic almost and those were the jam okay so are and are are they squishy no they're hard as a rock okay wait i'm gonna do some googling what i don't even know what to google okay yeah so so wait describe what is what how do you play with them do you just are they like action figures yeah yeah okay smaller but smaller what toys what toys in the 90s Uh uh-huh were like eggs, Tamagotchi, but hard and shiny. No, Tamagotchi. That was the little. Yeah, it was a little like. And you just said you're not into. No, digital. I like Tamagotchis though. No, but yeah, because that was know. Leonard Kim's guess. Oh no, he, no, Leonard Kim just said I had a Tamagotchi phase and a Bionicle phase. Damian said I had a Batmobile that transformed into a Batplane and a Batboat from Batman and Robin movie. Solid. 
I'm so upset right now. I'm looking through a whole list. Pogs were dope too. Pogs were oh, big. Bop It. I tried to get a Bop It the other day because we just did a 90s kids game episode of the World Girls and Bop It's are $150. Oh my God. Well, I wanted to ask, you mentioned Beanie Babies. Have you ever gone back and looked up if what they're worth now because i know i have a collection of pokemon cards back at my parents place i, that I want to go through those things yeah both those things yeah um i i at some point had the princess die beanie baby oh that i think i like gave away that's now worth like i don't know five thousand dollars or Classic. something so i'm really upset about that well i always Guys, get bummed my, my crazy bones crazy bones crazy, crazy bones, bones. crazy bones what? look these up crazy, crazy bones. bones oh i'm so happy Toys. right now Crazy Bones. Can you see this a little bit? Wait, wait. Oh, there it is. Oh, my God. I have literally zero idea what that is. Crazy Bones. This was my this was my ultimate thing. I loved Crazy Bones. And you would collect them, and you wanted the different... Uh, crazy Bones were the jam. That's it says so they were funny. another collectible toy fad through the 90s with 31.5 million packages sold between 98 and 2000. Oh, my God. I don't know what the what the deal was with these, why I love them so much, but this was like I was obsessed with Crazy Bones. That's so well, I've been, I've been complete I've been exposed to something completely new. I did not know what Crazy Bones were. Uh so thank you for that. I I'm very uh, I'm appreciative to know about that. But also, let's now let's dive into um speaking of Crazy Bones and other things you're into. Yes. Let's you've got a lot you're into this week. Let's start with the, what I assume is the big one which yeah. is the Friends reunion. Okay, DJ, this is how obsessed I am. You know how when you and I are obsessed with like a new trailer that comes out, I don't know, an Avengers trailer or a Batman trailer or whatever, yeah. we go to a website like Slash Film that does a shot-by-shot breakdown for us. Mm-hmm. On my YouTube channel, I did a screenshot, a shot-by-shot breakdown of the Friends reunion trailer because this is my Super Bowl. Yeah, this yeah. is what I care about. Like... I've been waiting and everybody who's trying to yuck my yum and coming in like that show is flawed. Well, duh, it's from the Mm nineties. It's about six white dudes and girls. Like I know, I know it's flawed, but let me have my joy for a minute. It, to me, it's more about the fact that this show has, is changed my entire life. Like Mm -hmm. I, through my darkest hours of life, this show has gotten me through everything. I cannot explain how much this show means to me. So the fact that we were getting a reunion and this trailer looked really great because did you watch the trailer? Did no, I never watched friends. Like I've not, I have even, not seen it. Like I, you don't even love I'm me. Sorry. I'm sorry. If I don't, I don't hope it doesn't make it worse. I actually haven't seen a single episode of friends. My brother hasn't either. And yeah. you guys, it's, it's like you guys don't even care about my soul, but I have nothing against it. I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those come in. It's like, it's problematic. Like, guess what? Literally everything you like now probably is going to be problematic 10 years from now. So, right. Totally. So, this is the thing about the reunion trailer that was so great. We know we're not getting a reunion episode. Mm -hmm. So they've told us many times, this is not a scripted episode of a TV show. This is going to be the six of them plus other guests meeting up and talking about friends. So a lot of people thought that this would just be a sit down discussion, but what they show us in the reunion trailer is that it's going to be a lot more than that. So there's going to be games. There's a runway element to it where they like do some kind of fashion thing. Uh, There's, there's an interview with James Corden, who I think we could have picked a better person to be interviewing them, but sure, whatever. Uh, there's a table read where they're rereading a script from a previous episode. Uh, so we get to see some elements of this. And so I, I watched it like, I'm not kidding, DJ, like 500 times. I love it. Just because I wanted to not miss a single second. 
We get to see that Joey's hand doubles in it, which means nothing to you. Mm-hmm. What might mean a little more to you is that Tom Selleck is stopping by. That's pretty huge. There's a lot of huge Reese Witherspoon. There's a lot of big guest stars that are stopping by. And um, apparently Justin Bieber. I don't know for what. We're going to be seeing a lot of different people. And it's very exciting. I think they couldn't have done a better job with the trailer. I cried while I watched it. I don't think you know how much something means to you until all of a sudden it's possible that you're going to see more of it. And it just, I I cannot, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'm very stressed out because this is dropping on uh, HBO Max. And it's like, do I watch alone? Because mm-hmm. I don't want anybody else's energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I seriously, if somebody else fucks this up for me, I will be gutted. Yeah. But also, I use friends is such like a communal experience. You're supposed to be with friends. friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm be- I'm very conflicted still. I haven't figured out what exactly I'm doing on the 27th. But what I do know is that this is like anybody who messes with me that day is dead to me. Okay. So can I? So I'm trying to figure out this problem with you. What if you watch? it on your own but then you do like an after party so i'm thinking yeah, yeah i'm thinking yeah. something along those lines because i really really don't trust anybody to like if anybody says the wrong thing a little <laughs> bit i will actually not be okay is so here here was my thing when i saw because obviously i had to pull an asset for it and, and i think what as somebody who has not watched friends and and what you just described to me i think one of the things that i pull away from it that i think is cool is that these I don't think they would do this if they don't like each other, which is cool. Cause I guess I assume if you were on a show that successful that long, you probably all secretly hate each other. And it's like, so well, the, the, num- the number one thing that they always talk about DJ in every interview is like, these are real friends and we see them cool. out in public together, especially the three girls there. They have stuck together so hard. And when they've done shows in the future, such as like, episodes which was matt leblanc's show um all the other people guest on it or cougar town courtney cox's show everybody comes and guests on it like anything that any of them are working on the other people pop by which they wouldn't do if they didn't legitimately care about each other yeah Uh, and and they have been just spotted so many times out and about together Mm -hmm. so it's just they talk about it all the time like we really do feel like a family now i'm sure that sometimes they effing hate each other yeah and don't want to admit that but like (laughs) i don't know that anybody else can relate or can connect to they were the biggest stars on the planet yeah at the time when this was in 2004 when this came to an end like there's one part of the trailer where where matt leblanc's talking about i remember turning on the news and there was an aerial view of each one of our houses on the news that's so crazy and that's just how do you not love those people? How do you not relate to those people? Like, how do you not pick up the phone and call one of them being like, do you see our house on the news? Mm-hmm. You know? So, so you're watching it. Let's assume you're watching it in a vacuum. I, oh. It's just, it's just you and the special. Yeah. Is there anything that could happen in the special itself that would, would, would ruin this for you? Because no, because it's not an episode. So yeah. We know that the the famous the famous line we were on a break. We know that that's going to be discussed, and people are going to say whether or not they believe that Ross and Rachel were on a break. But we already saw in the trailer that Rachel or that Jennifer Aniston mm-hmm. thinks they were on a break, which is different than our character. So that was kind of a big reveal. But if you've been paying attention over the last seventeen years, you know that she feels that way. So you know, I I can't imagine them revealing anything that would really upset me. There's only one thing that I think 
could be slightly upsetting, but more because we care about him. And that's the, we don't see that much of Matthew Perry in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And there, if, if you don't know DJ, which you might not know, although you're in pop culture studies, so you might know. Who knows what Matthew I know. Perry was the one who really struggled during Friends. He had a drug addiction and was mm. in and out of rehab and also like gained a ton of weight, lost a ton of weight on the show. It was like everybody was all constantly talking about what's going on with Matthew Perry this season. And so there's one part in the trailer for the reunion where he's sitting there and everybody's looking at him, especially Jennifer Aniston. And he says, oh, I think I'm going to cry right now. Mm-hmm. And I am curious because it has been the, the biggest kept secret of the show for the whole time is like, what's up with him? And like, is he is he better? Was he wet? Like what, just anything. And I wonder if they're going to touch upon it and they could absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder, he's been like a little bit and rightfully so it's his life secretive about some stuff. And it just that moment made me think, I wonder if this is where they're going to go there. Now that wouldn't ruin anything for me, but that would make me sad. Yeah. Um, and definitely would be a, a part of the reunion that I think might be um, strange. Yeah. Do you think it's better that they, because it sounds like the this doing it this way as opposed to an actual scripted episode is the right call. Because this way you don't rock the boat. You don't shake up anything for anybody. So I've been dying for a season of Friends, a new season of Friends. And yeah. where are they now? Except I have gotten the interview, the chance to interview several of the creators. I, I've interviewed everybody but Marta. Mm-hmm. And they have talked about, I, I believe it was David Crane who said to me, if we do the show, we're never doing the show again. But if they were, if they, if we're talking about where they are now, definitely not everybody's together still. Yeah. And that like broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Just him saying that. So if that's the truth, then I don't know that I want to see that. Yeah. So this is something that is definitely let at less risk of ruining my childhood. Yes, yes. Well, because I think, you know, not that I, I didn't watch Veronica Mars growing up. It was during some sort of break in other shows. I, I caught up on Veronica Mars. And I'm like, oh, this show's actually really great. And I watched the movie and I enjoyed that. And then they did the new season on Hulu and they made, not to, I'm not going to spoil anything, but they made a pretty drastic decision to shake up the status quo with the assumption that there was going to be more seasons past that Hulu season. And there wasn't. So you you detonated one of the core relationships of the show for no reason. <laughs> and so yeah. it's one of those like, eh, maybe it's better. Maybe it's better to just let things lie. So it can just be whatever it is in your dream space. Yeah, I know. It can be really challenging, but you also want to see it. So if they do it right, then yeah. it's worth it. But yeah. if they F it up, gutting. Yeah. I want to talk about what I'm into this week, which is one thing, Roxy. I've been into one thing for the past few weeks because it's all consuming. It's taking up my entire life is my new comic, Hellbent, which you can uh, go to Kickstarter. You can go to the pre-launch yeah, page yeah, yeah, at yeah. hellbentcomicbook.com. And this, here's why this is important. This, it's important to go to the pre-launch page because first days, the first few days of any campaign are huge. That's where you kind of like make it or break it. And so if you go to the pre-launch page, uh, you will know the second it goes live and you can get a hold of the comic. Not only that, but there will be some like early bird where you can get some of the, the comic for like a lower price point. There's going to be a special a special thing that everybody that gets a physical copy of the comic on the first day will get um, that will only be available on um, that first day. There's also going to be something uh, I'm I'm not ready to announce it yet, but there's going to be some special things specifically 
for people that um, OSA listeners and people that contribute to the OSA Patreon because you are a big part of making this entire machinery work. So I want to give you guys something a little special. So please, 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 if you are not aware of it, if you haven't heard about it, um, go to hellbentcomicbook.com. It's a comic I, I co-wrote with my good friend Jana July. Um, it's got Heather Vaughn on art, Ellie Wright on colors, Haley Rose Lyon on letters. We've got amazing variant covers, which we haven't revealed yet. Um, but it's cool if you like Preacher, if you like Sandman, if you like some more mature themed supernatural thriller type stuff. This should be way up your alley. I'm I'm very excited to share it with people. I just Heather just got me some new pages for uh, the comic, and it looks great. It looks so good, Roxy. I posted your thing on Instagram immediately because I I went and clicked on your pre page, and it was like fantastic, DJ. Thank you. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna I send you. I couldn't believe it. You're gonna get an early sneak peek link at the Kickstarter page, so you can you I, can take a look I, at that. I need that. I mean, it, I'm so impressed. You make great stuff all the time, though. But well, here's the secret. Phenomenal. Here's the secret, Roxy. With any with any creative process, and I'm hire I'm, and work with good people. There are people that are more talented than you are. Is my is I need I find people. That's why you're on the show. I find people that are more talented than I am. And I work with them, and then they they make me look better by proxy because I'm around uh, talented people. So, um, and that's the that's yeah the people working on this. Jana, Heather, uh, Ellie, Haley, um, the uh, Lee Luna did the logo. It's just amazing people, amazing amazing people. Um, and I hope I hope people are into it because I know people like respond more towards you know that superhero stuff, that type of thing. But I think the the stuff that this comic touches on is is important we talk about some important themes but also it's a lot of fun it's it's violent it's sexy it's all those things so um uh we check it out good violent sexy all those things all those things oh it's Talented, like, yeah it's like well again we were just talking about uh fx shows and stuff like that it's like yeah it's, it's that's where yeah that's where this this would kind of uh, fx type shows hbo type shows um and also, like we were talking about Pose earlier, I also don't want to get – it deals with heavier themes, but I don't like getting too bogged down in, like, the sadness of stuff. Because it's there and we live – anybody that's lived through the past year, it's like, yeah, you things are a bummer. We get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> People don't need to be reminded of that. Um, uh, so you touch on it, but then you also package it around some, like, fun, action-packed. Um, cool stuff and and there's more to this story that i would like to be able to tell so anyway all that to say hellbentcomicbook.com please go to the pre-launch page so you can be there day one exciting things are happening uh, and you're going to want to be there day one for them thank you all for letting me do that spiel now before we get into our main topic this week let's talk a little bit about a quiet place Two, roxy you saw a quiet place Two, and tell us what it was like yeah. So non-spoiler, obviously, here's what I'll say about A Quiet Place 2. It was the first movie that I was seeing back in theaters since Bloodshot. So we're talking Oof. about since March of 2020. And I was really appreciative that they had this. I mean, we were not, there was about maybe 20 people in a theater that could have fit hundreds. I was not within 15 feet of anybody else. It was very, very nice that the screening was so secure. And also, I, I will, I'm just saying all this so you know my experience going in. I had Sour Patch Kids. I uh, was just on cloud nine to be there. Yeah. So that. Then the movie was, 
I, and it's hard for me to say this like this one of the best movies I've ever seen I mean it was just it was phenomenal like I enjoyed every second of the movie going experience I happened to love the first quiet place so I was really nervous about this one thinking like how can you take a premise like that and make a great second movie when I feel like the great part about the first movie was its originality and premise that we hadn't seen anything like that before yeah that so much of the movie was quiet that so much of the movie was about the reveals. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that they would be able to, I didn't know if they would be able to recreate that magic. And I thought that the movie really, really did. Uh, I, I was upset when I walked out and saw that Slash Film had said like, they were not able to make a, a script in the way that um, that there, it was original and they just were not able to capture the magic again because the entire time all I kept thinking was like, wow, I can't believe they were able to do this. They picked a story that I was really invested in. Cool, cool. And so that made the rest of it smooth sailing because there was never a time in which I didn't care about every single character's well-being. And I think Killian Murphy was a perfect addition to this cast. I love he, him so much. He's so good. And if we can't have John Krasinski as the leading man in this, which... If you didn't see the first one, see it because you know <laughs> why. Uh, I I don't think that they could have totally picked a better person because he just was so he fit in in a way that he didn't fit in, and then fit in like a glove. Like it just made it made it. I the whole time I didn't want to. I didn't go to the bathroom. I didn't want to blink because I was just like, what is going to happen here? I genuinely don't know. And because of what happens in the first one you know that they're willing to go there. Yeah. After seeing this, I really believe that this should be a trilogy. I think that based on where this one ends, we have another movie that we that we really should tell. Very cool. And I, that would be that would be exciting for me, but the performances are incredible and God, it was just so good. It was so good. Uh, I think a majority of people agree with you because right now on Rotten Tomatoes has a 91%. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, good. A consensus that says a nerve-wracking continuation of its predecessor, A Quiet Place 2, expands the terrifying world of the franchise without losing track of its heart. Because I, I, like you, I had um, similar questions about like, I really enjoyed A Quiet Place, but it felt like, it felt, it felt like a perfect standalone story. Like, I don't know... You know, you you go past that like perfect little end moment, and it's like, well, does it become less good? Because um, this, this wasn't needed. They didn't need to make. It wasn't like after that one, you're like, this needs a sequel. I have to know what happens next. Yeah. But and then I saw the movie and was like, oh, this needed a sequel. And so and yeah, and so then you and then once you saw the sequel, you're like, okay, well now we need a third one. Yeah. 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 Well, especially because when you when you see what happens, I think you'll feel. Maybe not, but I was just like, I think that this has the potential to be something that I didn't think it did in the first one, mm. which is like one of the most perfect trilogies of all time. And I don't think they were doing that on purpose. Yeah, I think that they were just telling one story and then the next part of that story. And that story happens to lead itself very well for a final part of that story, well, I feel. 
it makes me feel like uh, kind of what they did with John Wick, where the first John Wick was a very self-contained thing. And then John Wick 2 kind of shoots off into the consequences of that. And then because of that, you've now unraveled a whole, like, well, now we have a thing that can just keep going. Like, it's now, before it felt totally. self-contained, now it can just keep doing its thing. Yeah, yeah. This was really good. I I love A Quiet Place. After one viewing, though, I do think that this is my preferred, I think I prefer A Quiet Place too. Wild. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm also just obsessed with John Krasinski's storing t- storytelling abilities. I think that he is like such an incredible creator. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm really oh god, this is so good. Well, I'm excited to check us out. Let's check it out. I am excited to check us out every week when we do the show on mm-hmm. patreon.com slash only stupid answers, uh, the OSA show. If you wanted to watch this review live, if you want to see me put up assets and sometimes the right one. Um do that but now speaking of quiet place i think uh uh listen we can all agree we're all on the same page the monsters in a quiet place are not zombies would it be better if they were zombies no it would but but there is a similar creature feature vibe and what we're talking about this week is zombies because army of the dead uh was released into the wild Zack snyder's new uh, movie is is out there roxy stayed up late to watch it uh, i did not because i do not have the willpower that she does um so let's we're talking about zombies but let's take a second to talk about army of the dead right now it is sitting at 72 percent on um, rotten tomatoes with a 79 percent audience score that is the closest uh, Zack snyder movie has ever been to the tomato meter and the audience score being uh, similar uh, with the critics' consensus being an ambitious, over-the-top zombie heist mashup, Army of the Dead brings Zack Snyder back to his genre roots with a suitably gory splash. So, Roxy, you did you did the homework. You stayed up. Uh, thoughts on Army of the Dead? It kind of gave me Planet of the Apes vibes at times. <sighs> That's exciting to me. Yeah, like the, the new was, old ones, new ones, new Planet of the Apes, the new ones. Mm, I like those movies. Wow. I, it kind of, at sometimes it did. Um, I just, the way that some of this was shot and the way that some of it was, I love those movies. I thought that this movie was, it was very solid. It was, um, something that I kind of feel like would have done better had it come out in October, mm-hmm. because this is definitely like a, uh, fun, incredible to watch because if, if you don't think anything else about Zack Snyder, what you think is that he can make something visually pleasing, yeah. which this clearly was um, and massive in scope, like yeah. just some of the shots, you're just like, how, how the F do you do that? Mm-hmm. I don't even actually know how you, how you managed to do that. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think that the critics consensus is pretty dead on. And I think that there's a reason it's certified fresh and the audience score is 79 does it majorly reinvent the wheel? Maybe not, but it's exciting to watch. And it is a new, a newer take on the zombie genre, considering what we've seen from the trailer is true about the movie, that these zombies are not just brainless, lifeless drones that are kind of just walking through. They are fierce and they they are there's a um, strategy to them. And they are, they are scarier than your average zombie. And so, yeah, I think that that is enjoyable. I, I think he did a good job. I think he probably made the move, exact movie that he wanted to make, which mm-hmm. worked for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, I'm excited to give it, um, to check it out. I like the idea. Like I enjoy um, his 
uh, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, it's cool to see him return to this. I like heist movies. Uh, I'm, I'm depending on the zombie movie. I'm into it. Um, uh, so I, I'm into, and I like Dave Batista. If I'm being, I, I like him. I think he's got really, I like, I like that he's really good in the movie. I like he's that he's found good. this niche and you can tell me whether he's kind of falls in the same way where he's got that, you know, the, the big, he's obviously got the big action star physique, but especially if you look at movies like Blade Runner, he's able to tap into this, uh, very tangible sadness yeah. that I think makes him very compelling. Like, I think like even, even in Drax, even though Drax is kind of uh, pitched in a much more like kind of um, comedic uh, area, there's still like, he's able to get into this place. that's like um, uh, very sad. And I think, I think it makes him, it differentiates him from other wrestlers turned megastars. Definitely. The cast was sick. Yeah. They did a really great job. Uh, How was Tig Notaro being put in there? Had, was it was it seamless or were no, there I'm I'm looking at it like a hawk for that <laughs> because I'm like is it is it going to be like one of those scenarios where only on the outskirts of the shot or only solo shots. I have to say if I didn't know I wouldn't have known. Cool. Which cool. I don't know again how he did that, but maybe more people have an eye for that. For me, I'm just like looking to see. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know. I think that they did a pretty great job. I am, and it's uh, my my wife and I have been rewatching the Fast movies, and and my my games with that is one. We're just at the seventh one. It's like okay, where did they where did they have to fit in? digital paul walker to make things work but then also anytime you're like okay i know these two actors have beef how did they they, where's the movie tricks to make it look like they're in a scene together when they're clearly not totally it's a fun it's a fun not distracting game to play when you're watching a movie um so let's talk about unfortunately i have not had a chance to see it because i've been uh, busy working my comic if i'm being honest um so but let's talk about zombie movies in general. This is obviously a huge part of genre movie making, uh, movie TV shows. You're a big fan of The Walking Dead. Um, we've got a few questions here from the we chat. Both loved Eye Zombie. Both loved Eye Zombie. R.I.P. Um, uh, let's talk about uh, these. Let's answer these questions from the chat. Danny asks, "Do you prefer fast or slow zombies, and why?" Roxy, do you have a preference on the speed of your zombies? This was definitely a movie with fast zombies. I I don't think I have a preference in their speed. It depends on the story that we're trying to tell. I think if The Walking Dead had fast zombies, it would be a horrible show because we we have had we're going into our 11th season, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that would be a nightmare. We need them to be slow. The yeah. whole point is that they come in packs. But if it's more of a movie like this that is two and a half hours and we got to get somewhere, then we need them to be fast because if they're just mulling along, then it doesn't work. So it depends yeah. on the story that we're trying to tell. I completely agree with that. I think like, you know, I, I, I think monsters are at their best when they become like a metaphor for a thing. And I feel like, not that I'm a Walking Dead aficionado, aficionado, great, cool, mm-hmm. good job, me. Um, I think... Uh, what you're touching on more with the zombies is that kind of like that creeping dread, the like slow, like death is coming for all of us, you know, light topics like that. Um, whereas I think, you know, I also think there's worth like if walking dead were introduced fast zombies now, 11 seasons in you, like they develop speed over time. Yeah. I think you've earned it at that point. Like you could say they're, they're evolving. It seems like army of the dead kind of touches on that where the, they, what it is kind of evolving. Um, I also like, we have a question here that's going to mention last of us. I think last of us does a good job of like, 
explaining its version of zombieism and how they function and how they move. I think you're right. I think it depends on the story. Um, although leading in the next question, uh, might answer some of that for me. Joey asks, what is your favorite zombie movie and why is it the cult masterpiece Fido? And I've got to be honest, I have not seen Fido, although I looked it up before this and it did sound interesting. I don't know. I was thinking about this as we were prepping for this today. Um, because it's hard for me to say it depends on my mood because there's so many serious and horror zombie movies but like at the end of the day is Zombieland just my favorite zombie movie that's a good so, that's a good one so it's just like i i get and respect the genre so much it's almost like picking scary movie as your favorite like horror i mean it doesn't <laughs> really, i get that that doesn't fully make sense but that's the one that's most rewatchable for me so i guess i i guess it, it as opposed to dawn of the dead or what i guess it's zombieland uh yeah i think uh i also liked uh, zombieland too i I know that got some that got some pushback but i actually really enjoyed it um i think for me it's similar i think actually mine would probably be Shaun of the dead because it yeah yeah it's light but it it does actually work as a zombie movie it does do the zombies are scary scary things do happen in the movie and it's working on multiple levels at once which i always find like really interesting to watch um and challenging to execute um, yeah, where you're not making fun of a genre, you're appreciating it and just putting your own like spin on it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Again, it t- although I also it's for more serious stuff. I do really like Twenty Eight Days Later, uh, yeah. also with Killian Murphy in it as well. Um, yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, again, anything with him in, I'm a fan of Peaky Blinders. Go watch it. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Jake Hefner asks, and I ask, uh, I guess this is for me, ask now since you've played both games, DJ, but in which universe do you think is much worse to live in, A Quiet Place or Last of Us? And I'm going to say A Quiet Place uh, because I know The Last of Us games are bleak, but you, they essentially function like zombies and there are parts of society that work where it looks like in The Quiet Place universe, Roxy, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you've seen the sequel, it looks like things have not worked out well for anybody anywhere, really. There's no society. No, it, it's worse. It's worse, not better than a quiet place. Like it, it it's bad. Yeah. I so mean, we're afraid. We're afraid of crunching on a leaf. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you can make no. You can at least make noise in Last of Us. So I'm going to say that one. Um, STS2084 asks any take on the zombie genre you want to see but haven't yet. Like I mix with another style. This one, I this one was one I was trying to think about, and I had a hard time with this one. Roxy, do you have any thoughts on like something, something the genre? And also, let me add this on there. Do you think it's time for the genre to kind of like evolve more and do different things? I do really love iZombie, and I brought that up early on because I think that it was a different take on yeah. what we do typically see. And I think in the way that we've gotten a show where like what we're doing is rooting for all like Vampire Diaries or wherever, where like our protagonists are that, I do definitely think we could have more movies that explore the undead and the positive sides of it and like what they could do for humanity if they decided not to suck everybody's blood and kill them. Mm -hmm. There's some movies that do that, but I, I think that what I did like a lot about Army of the Dead was that it it was a different take on zombies because I I do think that there's only so many zombie movies that we can do where the zombie is <laughs> that's my imitation so yeah. yeah I think it is time to expand I also really love when we're talking about crossing genres one of the things that I loved about any of the supernatural type shows that I watched like uh, um, originals or Vampire Diaries or 
or any show that I watch that features vampires is that there are werewolves and witches and warlocks and whatever. And I feel like zombies are typically left out of that and aren't usually involved with all those things. And I don't know why we keep zombies so separate than, than those other things. That is interesting. And I wonder, I think it's because perhaps we also associate zombies with uh, a more apocalyptic scenario. So if you want your like vampires and werewolves to be hanging out in a world roughly similar to ours, genre convention says uh, no, no on the zombies being a part of that. But I think I'll add that in there. I'd be interested in seeing, like I like the idea um, with Army of the Dead, like zombie heist movie. I'm, I'm way into that pitch. Um, but I'd also be interested, and maybe this movie touches a lot on that as well. You, look at superhero movies, for example. That genre is so ubiquitous at this point. We're now getting into more stuff that treats that like where it's just a part of the world, where we we treat that like like we have little supercomputers in our pockets um, that uh, can call anybody on the planet and take high res photos, and we don't treat that like we just we treat it as mundane. You know what I mean? Same with yeah. a lot of like, you look at Falcon and Winter Soldier started uh, uh, touching on that where it's like superheroes are, the Avengers are just part of the fabric of this world and they treat it like it's mundane. I'd be interested in seeing like, uh, speaking of Shaun of the Dead, that movie kind of ends on a note similar to this. I, I believe looking up Fido, mentioning that earlier, touches some something like this, where it's something that happened, we dealt with it, and now it's just part of our day-to-day existence. And I think that might be an interesting place to take the genre. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm looking at Kayla Marie in the in the chat right now. It says because witches and vampires are hot and zombies are not. I'm, I zombie. I mean, I think got... that that is not true. If you have seen I zombie, <laughs> a lot of a lot of good looking no. zombies in I zombie. I mean, and then there was that um, was it with Nicholas Holt something heart warm warm bodies something where he was yeah 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 we're making out with zombies. I think so. I mean, it is different because typically zombies are supposed to be decomposing dead. We're like, uh, vampires are hot undead. So Yeah, but I, there's something cool about that, like, pasty look. <laughs> I mean, especially, listen, there uh, there was an era, uh, Tim Burton, Hot Topic era, where everybody wanted people to be ghostly pale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a time for that. Um, Leonard Kim. Uh, am I crazy to want a plants versus zombies movie? I have no idea how that would work or look, but I would watch it nonetheless. Also, what's the first thing you think of when you hear zombies? For me, it's Double Tap, going back to Zombieland. What's about you? I think I think it's Brains, and that is actually um, uh, goes back to Return of the Dead with Tarman. And if you've never seen, I think it's Return of the Living Dead, because I know it got uh, it got separated into um, who could do, uh, yeah, it's Return of the Living Dead, who could do like Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, whatever, and who could do Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead, which is a 1985 horror comedy, love it. That actually might be my favorite zombie movie. I take it back. Return of the Living Dead is huh. great. Um, but that's what I think of. Uh, there's a zombie in that that's his brains. And it's like when you, that's that's my association with zombies. I don't know where mine comes from, but my, the first thing I think of, and sorry for the audio listeners, is is this. Yes. So for those, uh, I'm going to paint a picture for you. For those, it's the classic hands out. Think about Thriller. A good portion of the dance moves yeah. in Thriller with the hands out in front. and the. That's what I think of. The first thing I think of when I think of zombies is that. Is there a lot of that in Army of the Dead? Also, uh, I think of the Cranberry song. 
very quickly. Yep. Zombie. Uh, yeah, no, no, there's not. I would say there's like none, none of, of the, none of the hand motions. I also listen, well, they're nimble as shit. I want to throw this out there for people looking to shake up the zombie genre. I, I think it might be cool. Uh, just throwing out off the top of my dome. Uh, if maybe you cross zombies over with dinosaurs, like in maybe a comic That's book. That's great. A comic book called Chaos Theory Zombies versus Dinosaurs, which Wow, how could I find that? Where could you find that? Well, listen, it sold out multiple printings. Both both copies sold out multiple printings. However, let's just say maybe if uh, somebody if a new comic's coming out at helponcomicbook.com, you might be able to get a hold of some of those limited edition prints that are still left there. If you can get my old comic at helponcomicbook.com, so go there, go there, <laughs> go 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 do that. Um, so as we're starting to to wind down, Roxy Art, I think this is my last question when it comes to zombies. Somebody that's been watching Walking Dead for multiple seasons, somebody that just watched Army of the Dead, are you zombied out? Are you like, yes, give me more zombies, or are you like, let's switch it up, like the creatures from Quiet Place? I mean, I think I'm clearly not zombied out because I still watch The Walking Dead. Yeah. You know, like I didn't leave. And if I was zombied out, I would have stopped. And I still love that show. Well, now, quick question, though. Do you watch all the spinoffs? I didn't watch Fear the Walking Dead, but, you know, there's supposed to be those Andrew Lincoln movies. Yeah, I yeah. certainly would be watching those. Okay. Um, so I, I just didn't. I, I watched. Here's what happened. I watched the pilot of Fear the Walking Dead. They killed off my favorite character in the pilot. <laughs> the, the one person I was like, I'm so invested in this person. They killed him. And then I was like, I don't want to watch this show. Yeah. If they hadn't done that, I would be watching that show. See? What's so, into you, Walking Dead? That's why you only have two other spinoffs and not five. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. So I'm not done with the genre. I wasn't done with iZombie when it left us. Yeah. I, I think that zombies are really dope. I also am obsessed with, it's similar to vampires, the concept of like essentially living forever unless something really bad happens in your brain. So <laughs> I think there's a lot of cool stuff they can do. Don't don't mess with the brain unless you're trying to get rid of them. And then mm-hmm. you gotta do gotta do brain stuff. Let's do brain stuff. Roxy, let's go, let's let's wrap this up. Uh remind the kids at home where they can find you and what they should be looking out for from you. Everywhere at Roxy Stryer. If you like this conversation, the World Girls on Sunday are going to be doing a whole Army of the Dead review. So we're going to be really breaking that down. Um, Also, I'm live every single day, live at the Roxy on my YouTube channel, which uh, I know that people right now are feeling anxiety and stress about going back into the world. And we talk about practical tips and and how to actually deal with all that plus what's going on in the world right now which none of us need to be dealing with internally instead we should be talking about it so if you need a little extra help i'm definitely there to support youtube.com please go check that out please go support it um bunch of great stuff i know in the chat right now um danny m says zack snyder's dawn of the dead is my favorite zombie movie and arm of the dead is now my second favorite zombie movie oh uh, that's so great killer marie 0333 says i'm not a big zombie gal but i like Shaun of the dead um and blah, 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 blah. Uh, glenn caesar it, it backed me up on that it, it was warm bodies if you want more sexy dead people um you can find me at dj talks trash everywhere that matters you can find this show uh at only stupid answers but on twitter Yank out the vowels from stupid. I've been waiting a month. We're back. Yank out those vowels from stupid. Uh, and please, 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 please go to hellbentcomicbook.com. 
sign up for the pre-launch page so you can be there day one. Um, and also, if you want to watch this show live, you can do that at Patreon dot com slash only stupid answers i want to thank everybody that joins us live again we got danny and we got kayla marie 033 we got glenn caesar we got leonard kim uh we got a bunch of other people thank you all for uh joining us and we'll see you all next week bye everybody